You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the chumba life. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Hello, it is Ryan and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anytime anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the chumba life. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Having fun. We're having fun today. <laughs> this is such an exciting episode. I'm it so really excited. Is. This is a complete departure from what we're used to, but we have been looking forward to doing this for months. Yeah, months. 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 <laughs> I joked that we should write an episode or like a musical based on trying to put this particular episode together. This is a crossover episode of Theater Geeks Anonymous and... Behind the Curtain, Broadway's Living Legends. Yay! Yay! It took us forever. And it's our fault. It's not your fault at all. Well, and even at the very last second, unfortunately, Kevin could not join us. I, so. know, I know Kevin is listening, oh, but good. his loss. <laughs> it's just, it's his loss. We're in a professional studio <laughs> with soundproof walls and everything. There's an engineer. I'm already impressed. We don't have that. I don't have to do any of the editing. I'm no. so I'm so thrilled. That's amazing. <laughs> this is so cool. So wait, where do you record from? Where where is this? My apartment. Yeah. Normally yeah. the apartment. Yeah, yeah, normally her apartment. With two dogs. And what kind of it, dogs do you have? Oh, I've got a little Maltese Yorkie mix named Sweet Pea, and oh, a she's whatever kind. It's, he's a cocker spaniel, definitely, but maybe some sort of terrier there too, named Puddle. Puddle. Yeah. <laughs> how did the name come up? Do you know what? It wasn't me. That was the ASPCA. So oh. I have no idea how he how he originally got. But that house name. trained now, right? Oh yeah. Okay, great. Oh, yeah. Maybe that's. I mean, he eats everything he can get his mouth around. Literally, but, yeah. No, he can hold. Oh. He can hold toilet it for paper. hours and hours. Oh really? Later. Yes. Wow. He likes toilet paper. Yeah. Any kind of napkin. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Puddle is adventurous. Oh, very. You should see it when he poops out a sock. It's really. really? It's really something. You, you get rid of the sock, right? I hope. <laughs> Do you know what's surprisingly? They're never mine. <laughs> oh, that's really bizarre. Puddle has like this whole interesting life that we don't know about. <laughs> Maybe know. Puddle should have a podcast. It was Puddle's podcast. Do you have any pets? I do not. No, you're no. No, no so so if we if if it comes to like we need to be sure that it's quiet, <laughs> then we'll go to my place. Yeah. Um, but this episode I was like, uh, not gonna risk the dogs. Yeah. No, no. <laughs> well, plus, yeah, I've got very little space in my little, yeah. one, in my tiny, tiny one bedroom. So. Oh no, that's okay. You, yeah. you record anywhere. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? You Absolutely. Just, yeah. Yeah, you just gotta you make can. it work. You gotta make it work. I know people who record in their closet. Oh yeah, you know that's yeah. super smart. Yeah. I uh, have some voiceover friends that have closets that are specifically their voiceover closet. Oh, and a tax write off <laughs> at the end of the year. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> well, the lights just went off. I, it, it was. It's hot. Oh, okay. it does. It gets super hot. <laughs> but we did. We used this 
particular space last week for our yeah. episode, too, because we had another special guest. Yeah. But it got so hot that by the time this whole thing was over, it was like, I'm sweating. Are you guys sweating? Oh, oh I'm stuck to my chair. I'm oh. not sure that I'm supposed to be stuck to the chair. I, I sweat <laughs> so, so much. So I'm just used to it now at this I point. Know. I'm like, whatever. It's what it is. This feels it's good, so though. True. It's nice and cool in here. Yeah. yeah. It's okay. Yeah. yeah, it's all right. Yeah. Okay. Now that the light is off. It's well, yeah, now thank we you. should do our proper intro. Oh, yeah. oh sorry. <laughs> Welcome. What's up, theater geeks? <laughs> what is up? <laughs> Geeks. We're so excited. We're this so is going to be awesome. But I know you've heard this. us. You've heard us already. Yeah. We we are doing this crossover <laughs> episode. It's kind of a surprise because we didn't tell you we we're going to do it. <laughs> <laughs> we wanted to save it because we were just like, I'm just so excited. <laughs> I'm obsessed with this podcast. Oh. Totally. Well, I, it's, it's all things theater. Yeah. Yeah. You guys talk to some of like my absolute Broadway idols from when I was a little kid so yeah. it's very hard yeah. not to squeeze same here especially when you meet them it's oh, like I, I grew up listening to you I have you know yeah. it's funny I did Wicked I did the national tour of Wicked and right as I was leaving Allison Frazier came in to take oh. over Morrible and she's one of those that I, I actually did act a bit like a geek and I went up oh. and I was like um, I'm really sorry to do this to you but I'm a huge fan <laughs> and she was so sweet oh I we want her for the show so oh, bad on our great. show we really want to get her she's yeah. always working she's always doing yeah, something yeah that's why we yeah. can't get her she's yeah. like I'll, I'll totally do it but I'm doing this show here yeah. and then that show there so and you're good. like okay great she's doing like Heartbreak House somewhere I can't remember oh. where Yes. Yeah. Uh, Connecticut, maybe, or maybe. Yeah. She's really talented, though. She's so good. So you did the Wicked National Tour. I did. Were you there with Christy Cates or Sarah Ford? Uh, no, those might have actually been on the other tour. There were two at the yeah, same time. Yeah. I was on the uh, Emerald City tour, and then there was the Munchkinland tour. Ah, okay. Okay. So depending. I was in it from, oh gosh, I mean, it's been ages, too. I feel like it's been like five years since I left. So it would have been oh, yeah, 2012 that... okay. to 2014, mm. something like that, or maybe 11 to 13. Okay. Yeah. And did you, did you ever act? No. Not I'm not a professional actor. <laughs> I've acted, but not professionally. So you you are a theater lover. I love theater. I write, produce, and okay. direct. Oh yeah, so yeah. you're in the yeah. yeah okay. Yeah. Cool, cool, cool. That's so wonderful. You come from <laughs> she two, won't two, sing though. I can't get her to sing. Why don't you sing? I can't sing. Well, neither can I. It doesn't it's stop infectious. me. Infectious. I know. But yours but is I'm so a... much fun. Like <laughs> those the alter egos. It's like my favorite part of the episode, and I I can like. Literally hear Kevin's rolling of eyes like it's it's so loud I can hear it. Oh, yes. I'm like yes. I love it. <laughs> yeah. I, thank you, thank you. I was I was just I was just doing a show in Boston and somebody mentioned to me like oh I listened to it and I really loved the characters mm-hmm. you do and I told that to Kevin yeah and there was just dead silence on the other end of the phone. <laughs> It's like, I'm sorry, Kevin. I tell Kevin, I'm like, you can come up with your own characters and you can do them. I don't know if you're jealous. I can talk bad about him because he's not here. He's of not course. here to defend himself. You know what? It's his own fault. Yeah. He's on, and just and just for your listeners to know, he's on a camping trip. He didn't delay <laughs> or postpone the camping trip no, for this. No. So He should have. I don't even think he likes with camping. With all of the... the... <laughs> Like, who does? We're, we're so low on the totem pole. He was like, oh, I'll just go in the woods instead of hanging out with them. <laughs> oh, guys, I'm really sorry. I can't make yeah. it. I'm going to be camping. <laughs> He's a liar. He's sitting in his apartment Probably right now. Probably down the street. Looking through his albums. He didn't want to be disturbed. Amazing. <laughs> well, on this episode, um, we are going to talk about shows One that... One night oh, only. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I 
don't Why know don't the words do either. Why don't you sing? Mm-hmm. She's singing. Well, that's because she can sing. <laughs> <laughs> I try to get her to do it all the time. I can't. So wait, wait, very quickly. Do you do karaoke? No. Have you ever wanted to do karaoke? <laughs> I... I've been dragged and I don't enjoy it. I was gonna say you know what? I will say that I don't enjoy it either. No, I don't enjoy I don't enjoy it either. But, <laughs> but I'm like, but there has to be that like go to karaoke song yes. if you have to do something. No. Do you sing in the shower? Uh, I have roommates, so no. <laughs> and one of my roommates, like she used to be an actor, right? She's she's P.S. She's like our biggest cheerleader and so excited about this episode. Oh. Thanks, Megan. <laughs> Thanks, Megan. I, I made her listen to the. Um, the episode where you guys were talking about Yanni and B. Arthur because it's like oh. I cried from laughing and I made her listen to it and she was like, oh my, I mean, she was on the train and people were staring at her. Oh, that makes me so, I, I makes me so happy. I was saying to Evan before we went on the air, like, you know, you put these things out here and yep. you don't know, you, you don't no know idea. who's listening, yeah. you know? Yeah. Like, you, like I said, I know my mom listens and even then I think she might be lying to me, you know? Uh, but it's, it's nice to hear that people yeah. listen and yeah. Yeah, people love you both as well yeah Aww, thank you yeah, yeah. <laughs> i don't get that nobody oh. tells me on facebook <laughs> so really? no facebook. i take that back there's one girl her name is amber thank you amber also she's megan amber. oh that's true too yes. uh, but amber it's funny because she te- she not texted me she posted on facebook on our wall and said i just heard the episode where you guys mentioned me thanks <laughs> oh that's so <laughs> that's cool cute. that's awesome that was really neat ha- have you started receiving gifts from listeners no yet? But oh. I will gladly give my address out. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, come, I'll, I'll come pick it up from your house directly. Don't worry about it. That's that's a big shining moment when that happens to you oh. when you start to oh, get when bet. you start to get some free I stuff. Because so. you you all have gotten like um, <laughs> cast recordings and things oh, that you nice. were looking for, right? Yeah, things that were like, oh, I wish, I wish we could find that somewhere. All yeah. of a sudden, like next week, it's in our mailbox, and it so usually neat. goes to me. It never goes to Kevin. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm just like, I'm, I'm hoarding stuff. I'm hoarding stuff. But and then you, that, I mean, that you can hold it hostage until he actually invites you to his apartment. Yeah. So, so Kevin and I have been very close friends for a number of years, and I have never stepped foot in the man's apartment. <laughs> I don't know why that is. I don't know if he's ashamed or if he's afraid, like, I'm going to steal something no, from see, him. I'm the exact opposite. I'm like, if you want to see me, you're going to have to come to my yeah. apartment. Yeah, That's I'm, why we record every episode there. I'm sort of the same way. I'm, I'm a homebody. I don't like yeah, to leave. Me too. I'm on a fifth floor walk up. Oh, yeah. So by the time I get up, I'm like, That's You get it. up, you can't go back That's again. It. That's or if it. you leave your apartment, you'll never be able to get back in. No, 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 no. It's I was not on a happen. fourth floor walk up for a while, and that was a lot. So fifth oh. floor walk up, holy jeez. Yeah. When I was looking for apartments after, well, after I got back from the Phantom Tour. I'm talking yeah. about oh. all my credits here. Um, <laughs> and I went through a broker, and he just took me around to all these apartments, and most of them were just really awful. But one of them we got to, and he goes, okay, it's fifth floor. And I was like, no, I don't even want to look at yeah. it. <laughs> Done. No. See, I was the same way with my broker, because he was like, we're going on the fifth floor. I'm like, no, we're not. Mm-mm. And he goes, it's rent stabilized. And I said, lead Ooh. the way. Okay. <laughs> I'm like, lead the way. That's, no. that oh, you feel I'll carry you. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Rent stabilized, that's Then I'm like, yep, yes. okay, I'll take it. That's worth it. Yeah. yeah. That was that the is... only thing that like And you liked it, so there you I go. I loved it. Yeah, Perfect. I'm still there. I've been there about five years now. Nice. I like it. Kevin's there all the time, but I haven't been to his place. He's not on a walk up. I'm not bagging on you, Kevin. I love you, but. 
You're camping. <laughs> I've never even met you, and I'm like, oh, maybe I should. Uh, mm, I don't know. I'm just going to show up to his house randomly one night. That's what I'm going to do. I'm just going to knock on the door at 2 in the morning. There I think go. he's afraid I'm going to steal his albums. Do you think I so? Think, I think that's it. It sounds like he'd be up at 2 o'clock in the morning on YouTube yes. watching <laughs> from well, these interviews. Well, Kevin and I like to Snapchat each other like at 2 a.m. Like We just like hold the phone up to the TV and like, yeah. this is what I'm, watching. What, I'm watching. what are you watching? Amazing. And it's usually something. I'm like it's like the G Jerry Herman like spectacular in Bolivia <laughs> from 1994 and you're like look at that so oh that's gosh. our life Amazing. it's a very exciting life See, Ebony and I are of the same ilk that we'll watch like crime episodics yeah, yeah. Oh. I'm, I'm elbow crime. deep in Midsummer Murders right now oh I love that <laughs> love it I too. love true crime yeah. yeah so wait Midsummer Murders did you mm-hmm. watch Prime Suspect with Helen Mirren was that one that was I, on I the haven't list? yet because it's not on uh, yeah it has I to want be on to... Netflix well, or Hulu. yeah, because I have that in Amazon Prime. Oh, I think okay. it's on Amazon Prime, maybe. Yes. So, okay. so you have Amazon Prime, but you don't have I Amazon do Prime. I do have Amazon Prime, yeah. so I never think to look on Amazon you, Prime. Yeah. I always forget it's there. Do you have an Apple TV? I do. Yeah, so it's it's automatically one of your little apps now on oh. there. All of Unsolved Mysteries yeah. is on there. Like all, and not, and not that crappy Dennis Farina ones. No oh, offense yeah. to Dennis Farina. No, I know. But the like, Robert Stack yes. ones. Because nice. the, the Robert Stack ones, I, I love, think, are the yeah. best. He was love, so love. creepy. I was watching that stuff when I was a kid. I remember my cousin, she she, she used so I, I'm a weirdo. I love true crime, <laughs> but I can't handle like horror films, right? Okay, yeah. Love like that's films. not my... They make me laugh, though. <laughs> like, horror the, films make you laugh? The, the <laughs> only one, like Get it's Out, terrifying. I love Get Out. Like Get Out's awesome. But that's I, more I like a thriller. Oh, Pamela. I know. You can just come over because we have it. Okay. Okay. It's brilliant. (laughs) It's so good. So, like, that kind of stuff I can handle, but, like, gory stuff, I can't. Mm. Oh, okay. So she would be like, I don't understand how she couldn't watch Unsolved Mysteries. Because that was, she was like, Ebony, that's real. It is scary. I was like, I know, but I I was like 11, loved it. I know, me oh, too. Yeah, me As too. a kid, I just, oh, it's so good. So yeah. all the seasons are on there. All the episodes are on Amazing. there. Oh and it's all Robert Stack, okay. not the Dennis Farina ones. Those are on <laughs> so there, too. Good. I just don't watch them. Because yeah. <laughs> Robert Stack was so creepy to me. Totally creepy. Right? Yeah, I love Well, and Robert like, Stack. now there's this one on ID. Okay, so my parents got um, DirecTV now, which Ooh. is streaming. And so they oh. gave me the password ID. Oh, amazing. I loved so, ID. Yeah. That's totally. all I used to watch. This is all I'm watching. HGTV and ID, but I've been watching ID and like there's this show called Betrayed, and usually I'm not a big fan of the ones that have actors playing out the roles because yeah. sometimes it's just really cheesy. It makes me feel yeah. very uncomfortable. Yeah. This one's actually pretty good. The actors mm-hmm. are good and it's voiceover, but it's in first person of the person that died. Oh, I've seen it's this. Really yeah, this is good. good. This is what's good. It, what's it called Betrayed. Again? Betrayed, okay. Yeah. yeah, and so like the voiceover will start and, and it'll say, I, I'm i a matriarch of a family and I, I take care of my family. I'm very, very proud of my family. However, blah, blah, blah. And then it'll go, but then one day I was murdered. And you know, <laughs> very, She's very right. much like. <laughs> I know exactly what you're talking about, Pamela. I just I watched, watched it yes. today. Yeah. I, yeah. Always, I always, it's, it's horrible because, like, on a Saturday morning, like, I'll turn on the TV and yeah. ID is usually mm-hmm. the first channel, and it's yeah. usually like a Keith Morrison one from a dateline. <laughs> and I'm like, all right, I'll just watch this one, and then I'll go on about my no, day. Then and then, like, all day. then 6 p.m., yeah, I'm like, no, it's, so it's just hard. Keith Morrison going, but why? Like, over <laughs> and over again. That's my whole day. Yeah. Not a bad way to spend the day, though. I know. No, when I had ID, all. that's what it was. It would just be like all all weekend 
Southern Fried Homicide. Oh, yeah. <laughs> right? Oh, and there was uh, the Homicide murder? Hunters. Yes. Homicide Hunter. Oh, Joe Kenda? Joe Kenda. Yes. Yeah, yeah Joe he's Kenda. on Hulu. He's got a good podcast. Uh, he, it's called Detective. He does the first season. It's all of his cases. It's on there. That's how I became acquainted Ooh. with Joe Kenda, and now he's everywhere. He's good. Yeah, he's really good. What's uh, the podcast called again? Detective. Detective. And there's two seasons That's right now. That's what I'm starting think... to listen to tomorrow. Okay, yeah, it's really good. <laughs> and the second season's just as good, too. I can't remember who the detective is on that mm. one though but it's real i love love talking about real murders yeah. <laughs> it's terrible but I do. no 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 that's true, our true sweet crime is... our sweet spot on this show is like when it's like true crime with yes. theater it's like you can't oh, mm-hmm. oh okay <laughs> that's okay. like our the whole spot. episode of rebecca because yeah. everything that oh, went on behind the scenes yeah. there and it's still going on because i'm pretty sure that woman is still not in jail yeah, the the man you mean? The, the, oh no, the woman. Oh, well, his, his wife. wife. Yeah, his wife. wife. But he was he went to jail finally, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But the she wife. was still she just she was found she guilty. Like had a she's like owns gyms or something on yeah. Long Island. Oh, and she's she's a crook. Yes. yes. Okay. <laughs> well, they're they're the ones that defrauded Ben Sprecher. Oh. Yeah. During the entire yeah. thing, which is why he wasn't able to fund the show, which is oh. why the show never made it to Broadway. Yeah. Uh, I thought that, that you listened what's... to our podcast. <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> no, you know. That episode was probably like a year ago. Yeah. Be nice to I missed that one. No, I think I missed that one. I'm sorry. It's okay. <laughs> I'll go home was, and listen to that it. That was the one that started this whole, the podcast, mm-hmm. because we, we got on the train. I told you, like, to Dumbo. And we were talking about Rebecca, and then I was talking about when I was a kid. My sister and I loved to Mystery Science Theater 3000, oh, that movie. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then she was like, well, you know what happened to the show. And I was like, what happened to the show? I don't know what happened to the show. And that's how this podcast started. Yeah. That's amazing. Then it was like later in the convo, I was like, I so want to do a podcast, but I just yeah. don't know what to do it about. Yeah. <laughs> See, look at that. It's yeah. good that you went to Dumbo together. Definitely. <laughs> yeah, Rebecca's, yeah, Rebecca's got an interesting history. Yeah. Very. Kevin was in Rebecca. Was he? Was yeah. he? Kevin was in Rebecca. I had a friend. I had a couple of friends in it as well, which is where I got a lot of my source material, but they're anonymous. So we'll oh. talk about that after the mic. Oh, amazing. And I was, I auditioned for it too. So I was, and I was kind of, I mean, I made it to the callbacks, but it was like, so I, I felt like I was kind of in it. Yeah. And I wanted it to succeed so badly because it's such a good story. Yeah. No, it's a really fantastic story. And all the, the productions shots from like the other productions mm-hmm. looked amazing. And yeah. oh my gosh, the, and it's all in German or maybe yeah. Austrian, but I think it's the German version of this, the woman that's playing, <laughs> shoot, Mrs. Danvers. Yeah. I was like, what's her character? Uh, singing Rebecca, mm-hmm. the song title song Rebecca. And it's stunning. It is oh. stunning. It's on YouTube. It okay. But yeah, it's all in German, it. but it doesn't German. even matter. The it only word it. is Rebecca that you can understand. That I understand. It's so good. <laughs> <laughs> when uh, we did a, a Broadway bound concert at 54 Below, and. Um, that was the one Jill Case was yes. at. I was at that you one. You were at that one, and yeah. Jill, Jill sang from Rebecca. It was nice. so sad because she could barely it talk about sad. it. Yeah. She was so sad about it. You know what? And that's across the board. Every cast member that mm-hmm. I have talked to about it feels the exact same way. Everyone was so supportive of it, and they wanted it to succeed so badly. Kevin said that, you know, they went into the rehearsal hall to be told and like everything was taped out and all the props were in the corner and and told, no, this isn't your playground anymore. It's just, I can't even imagine what that's like. But yeah. Oh, yeah. And no, I'm sorry. And to learn about it, because my one of my friends said that he learned about it from the New York Post, Mm. you know, article saying that it went. He was like, "Um, no, because we're starting rehearsals tomorrow, actually. Yeah. And the marquee was up and everything. Yeah. Yeah. Jill was saying that when she 
when this all went down, she went down to the river um, with her uh, novel Rebecca and her script Rebecca and just threw them oh, no. into, the, into the water. She's, that makes me want to yeah, cry. That, Poor that I was just like, oh. Yeah. And she sang beautifully. She sang a beautiful song from the show. Yeah, she I really like her. Yeah, she's great. I saw her in something. <laughs> she was in Curtains. She was in Grey Gardens. She uh, wasn't in Sideshow, was she? Yeah, I but think she was. One. Okay, I think I saw I her. Think? I, did, I think show. that's right. I did see this last uh, revival. No, it wasn't Aaron Davy. Oh, oh, that's right. Never mind. Who? I'm sorry, they, Jill. They, no, Jill. I think Jill and Aaron like take over for each other okay. a lot. I think that's why. I know I heard her name in association with it, but I yeah, remember. yeah. Wasn't she tied? She was tied to something very recently. I thought too. Oh yes, I can't remember what it was. She also did an American in Paris. That was the other thing that she was in. Okay. She, yeah, she works a lot, but yeah. yeah, there was something she was tied to, and yeah, I can't I remember what it was. Recently, yeah. that I yeah. read, and I was like, She's "Oh, lovely. yay!" Yeah. yeah, I love her as a performer. She's, She's really special. Yeah, yeah. yeah she took over for Aaron and Curtains. Okay. Yeah, and when we did the Curtains concert at Fifty Four, she she played the role. Wish yeah. Seen okay. Curtains. It was fun. It was fun. We had um, for the critic because oh, spoiler alert, you know, the critic is the one who is the yeah. murderer. Yeah. <laughs> um, so for our seven o'clock, we had Michael Riedel. Play the critic. I, that's why, and that's the why I wanted to go because I was like, "What?" Yeah, he is, <laughs> I know. He's first of all, he's an amazing actor, Michael. Oh, right. Really? He's actually he's re- he's really good. He came in, he was off book, he was prepared, <laughs> nice. he made choices. He probably was um, like, "This is all the things I wish actors would would yeah. always do." <laughs> like all the things he critiques about, he was like, "Let me not be a hypocrite." And he come was in. awesome. <laughs> and was was weird to me was I forgot because I know him from like Razzle Dazzle, yeah. and I know him from his column in the post and i really i, I just like him i don't yeah, know what it yeah. is i just really like him theater but, talk yeah but then i remembered like <laughs> i think i'm in the minority because yeah. everybody hates him because yeah. he he destroyed so many shows and so he's <laughs> yeah. in the room with like a whole bunch of people that were in susical and like he's doing scenes with people from susical which oh, he like man. totally destroyed and i was yeah. like i'm like why does this rehearsal feel weird to me <laughs> and i was like oh well i'm having a good time and and then at our 9 30 we had Charles Isherwood oh, from yeah. the New York Times come in and play the critics. Did they? That was, was like right always, after that whole right after yeah that, that weirdness happened. happened. Was that yeah. their shtick that they would always have a, an actual critic? No, come in and play no. The, oh, origi- okay. Originally, the role was uh, John Bolton. Okay. Um, from Anastasia and all yeah. that fun stuff. And John is brilliant. And John, we actually asked John. Uh, but he had uh, Anastasia that night, and so he was, mm-hmm. I, I can't do it. So I was like, well, who are we going to find? And I'm like, what if we actually got a real critic? So I sent an offer <laughs> so to fun. Michael Riedel, and I sent an offer to Charles Isherwood at the same time. And I'm like, they're both going to say no, but at least I've asked. <laughs> I can't believe and they, they both, both said, said yes. yes. And I was like, amazing. oh, shoot. Okay, like, so one oh, of you is no. doing 7, and one yeah. of you is doing 9.30. So good. Yeah, it was fun. No, that's such it a great fun. idea, though. The critic has no song in the show. Okay. Um, it's just, it's all book scenes. Mm-hmm. So okay. I was like, you don't have to sing. Absolutely. Nice and easy. But Michael was great. Yeah, <laughs> and Charles Charles was very nervous. It was very funny Aww. watching him on stage because he critiques everybody, yeah. and he was just like sweating it's, bullets. I can only imagine yeah. turning it around, yeah. that's right, and being the one critique. Exactly, but I applaud him because I'm like, good Absolutely. for you for like jumping right. into the deep end Absolutely. of the pool. That's right. not easy. No, because well, like I get, I I wonder with them, it came to a point where you're like, well, listen, I've been critiquing people for all these many years, and like. Why? Why wouldn't I at least like put myself in the fire if I'm gonna, you know, demand that you all 
go yeah. be up to some sort of standard. Yeah. And then I'm just gonna like be a chicken and not, I, I, <laughs> you know, when it's presented. I yeah. applaud him. I applaud. Yeah. I applaud him a lot. Yeah. I wish I had. I wish I had seen at least one of those. Oh yeah. That sound like a brilliant idea. Yeah. And no I, kidding. I, yeah. And I applaud Michael being in the same room with so many people yeah. whose shows he destroyed. Yeah. Uh, but some, I found those, some, those were fresh wounds too. Some of those yeah. wounds were fresh. I found him very charming, though. I found yeah. him very. Charming. I loved his episode that you all did with him about oh, his book. Thank you. Yeah, yeah, the book Razzle Dazzle is just incredible. If, if nice. you've ever picked it up, it's it's, it's amazing. Is, it's about all of the shows that he has critiqued. Or no, what is it's it? um, it's a retrospective of how Broadway came to be Broadway. Oh, it's real fascinating. And yeah. he sold the movie rights. I'm. I hope it. I hope. I, I thought it would be cool as, um, you know, like the men who built America, the History Channel. Yes. Like I, yes. I feel like the book would be cool as something sort of like that. Yeah. But it's a, I it's a, we'll it's a, it's a, it's a real page turner. Yeah. I know that's so weird to say about a, you know, a history book. No, and it's but about, it, yeah. It really is a page but turner. Nobody really knows the start. No. Of, you know, of arts. No, exactly. You know, and, you're like, I don't know, maybe ancient Greece. Yeah. I know. <laughs> the Greeks came to New York and. <laughs> They're all in Astoria. That's why it's Actoria. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> That's what I love about coming to Astoria. There's so many great Greek restaurants <laughs> around true. here. Yeah. So there's true. so many that I want to hit up. The yeah. food trucks are the best, though. That's what I hear. <laughs> that's that's how Kevin keeps luring me over here. I, think like, I just think it's the most hysterical thing to walk by a food truck that has a skewer of lamb meat in it. Yeah. I, I mean, there's it's just it doesn't make sense. Yeah, to me. I saw <laughs> that today. And sometimes it looks appetizing. No, and sometimes not as much. Uh-huh, yeah. But that's okay. You're that's like, okay. The, that's going to give me worms. Yeah. <laughs> <I'm not> gonna... <laughs> but are they the one. kind of worms that will help me lose weight? Or are they? <laughs> yeah. That's, I'll take it right now. Just give me the worm. You don't even have to give me the lamb. I'll take what I can get. Well, I'll drink the tequila and you can have the worm. <laughs> Fantastic. It's Fantastic. Been a long day. It's going to be good for everybody. Oh, my gosh. Good for everybody. Oh, man. All right. Well, should we get into let's it? Let's get oh, yeah. into our one night onlys. And you... I just have to point out to you yes. that you and I have notes. Yes. I've got the book, of course, the Ken Mandelbaum book. Right. I've got my iPad. You've got your iPad. Yeah. Nope, nothing here. Because Robin. he's an encyclopedia. Okay, but still, it's but, an index. Okay, but I'm gonna see if I can like, do it without the index are, card. Okay. I, I, we were so nervous because I was like, Pamela, they're like encyclopedias. They're really sharp. They're gonna come back at us very witty. <laughs> you, you got the wrong people. <laughs> yeah, I think you were looking for somebody else. It ain't us. <laughs> I mean, like, I'm just not a researcher. I'm not an academic, so I do, oh, I do, I yeah. do the littlest amount of work Good. for the most amount of impact. Good. That's <laughs> how I, I live the rest I'm of like, my life. <laughs> just how, it's, I'm like hours and hours. It takes me a, way too long to do one show. <laughs> I, I no, may have done. It's it this like morning. fun. <laughs> it's fun though. It like, is I actually fun. love doing. You like the all research the research aspect of it. Yeah. Looking it up. I'm. I just yeah. feel like I'm back. You know. In high school, and just like diving into, because during the week, like I have to be at a job, like a grown yeah. up. But then, like <laughs> this show makes it so that I can just be like a theater geek, totally obsessed, talking about stuff nobody but me cares about. Yeah. And <laughs> no, I love I yeah. love research. Yeah. I love it. Yeah, I think Kevin researches more than I do. Okay. So I think you and Kevin are. <laughs> I can appreciate that Ebony is the researcher because I like to ask questions. She does. And yeah. she always knows the answer. Yeah, and I'm, if I'm I don't, I'm yeah. like, well, I'll find out. And yeah. I always say, 
I don't know. Maybe this. <laughs> yeah. I'll make it up on the spot. I'm I just very make, good at that. Yes. As long as you say it with authority, nobody That's questions what I say. it. Yeah. Say it with confidence yes. that it must be true. Absolutely. Absolutely. That's how I do most of the episodes. Yes. But, Ke- well, you know, Ke- yeah, Kevin's like you. Kevin, you know, yeah. dives in and has looked at 90 different books. And I'm yeah. like, I think I remember somebody once saying this. Yeah. So it's fact now. <laughs> I couldn't find it again when I looked, but I'm fairly certain that. But I have to be careful now because I don't know if you have this. I have, like, listeners who will angrily tweet at us or oh, send no, me no. an email being like, no, they haven't done like, that. it did not open on December 6th. It opened on December 7th. Oh, dear. And you're like, you know, okay, nobody died. I like, everybody calm down. That. I yeah. think we actually will say, well, I will at least because I'll say, you know, look, this is all from Wikipedia. So if you guys oh, yeah. know something, yeah. I don't know. Mm. Just let us know. Mm. Yeah. Uh, we, we do always leave that window open. Like, I, I mean, I have multiple, um, multiple sources, but, you know, we know yeah. we don't know everything. So. Yeah. Yeah, so well, really like, for instance, too, it's like when I was looking online for the show that I'm going to be doing, dun, 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 <laughs> uh, I found the same exact phrasing on all of these different websites. And it was yeah. like, what is it one person writing everything? There yeah. was very little about the episode that I've got. Oh, oh wow. interesting. I know. I was actually I was a little bit bummed about That's that. That's surprising. It's, it's a show that I actually would love to learn and sing mm. at least a couple of songs from. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Interesting. But you found the same quote just being yeah. recycled. Yeah, not even quote. It was like the synopsis was oh. almost word for word on every source that I looked at. That's interesting. I wonder I why that is. What year is your show? 69. Oh, interesting. Mm-hmm. Okay. All right. We'll dive into it. We'll figure that yeah, out. We will. Okay. Okay. We will. We will. We well, will. Rob, yes. since you're our guest and you have two shows. I, yeah, I picked up the wanna... slack for Kevin. For Kevin, you owe me, He buddy. owes you. Uh, you you, you want to just do one of the shows and yeah. then we'll go around Great. and then we'll end with you on the last show. Oh, gosh. That's fun. Okay. Oh, okay. Okay. <laughs> okay. But you see, look, I have notes. I have notes. But I'm going to see if I don't look at them. Okay, great. So the show that I'm doing um, is called A Broadway Musical. It is a Broadway musical that is actually called a Broadway, Broadway musical. musical. Um, and this was uh, so a, clever. A one one performance, one performance, because that's that's our role, yeah. one night only. One night um, only. That's it. Sing it. Um, <laughs> the one night was December twenty first, nineteen seventy eight, at the Lundfontein Theater, and then that was it. That it, it went away. So for those of you who don't know Broadway musical, um, it is a musical by Charles Strauss and Lee Adams. Who also did Grandpa Charlie? Yeah, yeah that's God what we started him. calling him. Really? <laughs> yeah. Have you met him? Have you no. gotten a chance to? Oh, he's awesome. I bet he's really awesome. Um, and we, we call him that because every account of him is says that he's, he's just charming yeah. and wonderful and fatherly. And oh yeah, that's absolutely <laughs> correct. There's like you cannot disparage that man at all. He is awesome. When we went to because we interviewed him on the podcast, mm-hmm. he sat down and talked to us for about three hours. And then after the three hours, he's like, "Okay, guys, he's like, I'm having a good time, but you need to go because I gotta get work done." Oh, and he had a work list it. at his piano of like yeah. songs he wanted to write oh, and things God. he needs. Because so he's, he's working on. He's another working. musical, right? Yeah. yeah. And I'm just oh, like, nice. any idea what that is? No, no, I don't know what that okay. is. But I'm like 90 years old and still working. So good. good for you. Like, good for you, man. I'm going to just, you know, no sit here in the corner. And... <laughs> I'm losing my steam, to be honest. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm not even 40. <laughs> He's he's he is fantastic. So it was Grandpa Charlie who mm-hmm. wrote the music, and Lee Adams um, wrote uh, music and lyrics. They did also Bye Bye Birdie, and they also yeah. did Applause and all yeah, that stuff. Right. Um, and this was Charles's first show after Annie, okay. and he and Lee hadn't worked together in a while because uh, Charles had hooked up with um, 
Martin Shannon yeah. for Annie. So yeah. I'll come out tomorrow. Um, <laughs> and the book was by a guy named William F. Brown, who wrote the book to the Wiz. Okay. And so these three guys were white, and they all were like, "This is really interesting." William just had a huge success with The Wiz, which is an all African American mm-hmm. cast, mm-hmm. and Charles and Lee had done Golden Boy with Sammy yeah. Davis Jr. in the '60s, yeah. um, and they were like, "We were white guys writing for an African American character," so they actually decided to write a satire about that. Um, mm-hmm. What it was like, and it was it was a very dark satire uh-huh. originally, and very cynical satire mm-hmm. about how the industry has a tendency to. Um, misuse African American performers and like no. keep and keep the, the industry what? doesn't do that. <laughs> this is all fiction, all fiction. And if how to, only and no. how to keep that. So it was a stere- it was making fun of this uh, the stereotype of white people trying to like celebrate black people but in a totally inappropriate yeah, way yeah in a um, self-centered and yeah and so yeah. The, yeah and not there was not one group that didn't get skewered in this show mm. from producers to directors the mm. the character who's the leading person in this broadway musical is based on sammy davis jr okay. so very like vegasy and, yeah. and show busy yeah. and so the story was it's a white producer who is desperate for a hit, and with all the successes of things like Ain't Misbehavin' mm-hmm. and The Wiz and Bubble and mm-hmm. Brown Sugar, decides he's going to turn an African-American play into a big Broadway musical. Okay. And it's all about a playwright who has come from the Midwest and starts to lose his identity as he realizes his play is being just like slowly taken away from him. Yeah. Um, it was done at the, this is where their out of town was for this. Ready? We were out of town. Okay. <laughs> Theater at Riverside Church. Stop. Literally just a few blocks away no. from Broadway is where the out of town That's happened. That's kind of amazing. Yeah. Um, and it got horrible reviews. Yeah. Um, and in like, like a cringeworthy moment. Yeah. The original director was a guy named George Faison, um, who was African American, mm-hmm. and the producers uh, fired him and replaced him with White Gower Champion. Oh, so no! it was almost it was almost like the what was going on in the musical yeah. was living in life. And Gower Champion came in, mirror. and he was like, "Hey, listen, guys." He goes, "I know this is dark, and I know this is cynical." Um, he goes, "I've done a lot of shows like that recently, and they've all flopped." He goes, "What I'm really good at is like razzmatazz and sequins and sparkles. So we're gonna make this." Razzmatazzy and sequiny <laughs> and sparkly. Yeah. And so the whole show just like totally lost its whole message. Oh, man. Um, and so if you go to the New York Public Library and you read what was done uh, in previews, mm-hmm. like uh, in the out of town tryout, it's not even out of town tryout, it's like out of block tryout, <laughs> versus um, what was on Broadway, two totally different shows. Yeah. And I prefer the darker, yeah. cynical one. I mean, it was literally how to whitewash a show about whitewashing. Yeah, exactly. No, that's exactly what it was. Now, what's on, unf- <laughs> and Strauss and Adams, I think, just all like sat there and were like, well, what, what, what can we do, guys? Like, there's really nothing that we can do at this point. So it only lasted one night. It got really bad reviews. Yeah. Um, and But the reviews were also bad. Had for the original concept, right? Yeah. 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 And except, you... except that they were said there's promise here, that there's okay. potential oh, okay. here, and it just never lived up to the potential. Huh. Because it sounds, I mean, the way that you describe it, it sounds like a, a kind of a neat idea for yeah. a show. It's very satirical. Yeah. It's very, very satirical, and when it's played as a satire, mm-hmm. I think it works effectively. Yeah. What happened was when it moved to Broadway, it tried to have, like, a heart behind it, mm. but then who are you rooting for? You're yeah. rooting for this sleazy right. producer who's just using 
an African-American person right. just to get ahead financially. Yeah. So it's it, there's really nobody to latch on to. Now, you said you like true crime, right? Love. Yes. Okay. Okay. <laughs> what goes on behind the scenes with the Broadway musical is more interesting than what was actually Love on that. stage with wait. a Broadway musical. So, I'm, on my, I'm on the edge of my feet. <laughs> okay, so here we go. So one of the producers was Garth Drabinsky, mm-hmm. who, as we know, much oh, later yes. on in life Traca. was sent no, to jail. No, not Traca. What was it? Uh, 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 not Networks. Ne- networks. No, ne- was it Networks? Was that I him? I think so. It was the Live Livened. Livened. Yes, that's yes, in. Yes. So as we all know, Garth Drabinsky went to jail. Okay, yeah. so we have well, that's already not a good omen. But <laughs> here, here's the next one. Okay, so there was another producer, and his name was Norman Keene. And Norman Keene had a wife named Guida Don Howe. Now that's a name, Guida Don yes. Howe. That's his wife, who was an actress. <laughs> and so Norman said, well, if I'm going to produce Broadway musical, my wife is going to be playing the lead of the show. Uh-huh. So Guida, who was the real producer's wife, in the show played the producer's wife. Oh, no. All right. Go on with that, right? But this is where it gets true crimey. Okay. Ten years later, she was cheating on him. Uh And so one day he came home, he killed her. Oh, my gosh. And then he killed himself. No. And so the only thing that people, like, remember now when you mention a Broadway musical is you're like, oh, well, you know the story about Norman Keene, don't you? (laughs) Wow. And then they go into the whole story of how he... You know, found that out his wife was cheating insane. on him, and he killed her, and killed himself in this like murder suicide. Um, and that was about ten years after okay. the uh, the Broadway musical Sheesh. happened. So unfortunately, that's how when you say Broadway yeah. musical now to like theater yeah. insiders, that's normally the story that comes out of it. I'm happy to say that the sc- well, not happy to say, but the score <laughs> had never been recorded. Mm-hmm. It was just it just never went anywhere. Yeah. So we uh, about a year and a half, I think, or two years ago, uh, at Fifty Four Below, we asked Charles and Lee. Can we do it for one night only? Mm-hmm. At one night only. One um, night only. Q music. I'm just gonna do it in a different it. key. Every That's time. good. Just just modulate <laughs> as we go. Um, can we do it at 54 below? And uh, we did, and we recorded it. And so the entire score is on YouTube now. Um, it's not audio clips, but it's video clips. So okay. this last, I think that's so important because, Absolutely. you know, yeah. what Charles and Lee have contributed to the American Musical Theater mm-hmm. is so monumental. Yeah. And to have not have one of their works preserved for future yeah. generations, because this is not licensed at all for rights. There yeah. was no score that was published. There was no cast album that was ever made. Yeah. But if you can go on YouTube now, you can hear the whole score. Mm-hmm. That's exciting. And it's actually, I think there's a lot of fun stuff in the score. Yeah. The title song, I think, is if you love musical theater, you're going to love this. <laughs> yeah. Um, so that was mine. It was a Broadway musical from 1978, nice. one performance only, a satire that became a satire. Yeah. Oh, man. And yeah. true crime. So then I'm crime. thinking, because you said when he did that, when he was doing this show, he was like, I've done a bunch of other darker shows that haven't been successful. Mm-hmm. And so Pretty Bell was one of those shows. Yes. We which just we, talked just talked we just talked about. about. Yeah. yeah. It was, he had Pretty Bell. He had done Mac and Mabel, which yeah. even though there's lightness because it's Jerry Herman, was a very dark story. Yeah. I yeah. think he had just done Rockabye Hamlet, okay. um, which was the rock version yeah. of Hamlet, which is a whole other story <laughs> that we won't even get into now. Um, it's on one of our lists. Oh, yeah. really? Okay, great. So, yeah, no, you're absolutely right. So, unfortunately... And I think uh, one of the actors who was in the original was telling me that, like, I think at Tech he was watching the show and was like, I really screwed this up. Because he made the material twist to suit him as opposed to going to the material. It's such a shame when that happens, too, especially, Mm -hmm. like, in hindsight, the person that was responsible for, or one part of the failure is like, oh, I I guess I shouldn't have really done that. Because then it's like, I know. Yeah. (laughs) It's so easy for us, though, too, because we, you know, we're getting, we have all the information. We're looking back at it. 
and going, well, you didn't have tryouts or you did yeah. have tryouts, yeah. but then you changed a bunch of stuff and you went to Broadway right away. And it's like, yeah. you know, these are mistakes that are, happen over and over and over again. And it's so frustrating. Yeah, it's very, it's very, very frustrating. Yeah. So I don't know if the show's going to have a lot. I don't think it will have a life again mm -hmm. um, unless they bring in a new book writer who can really get back to the satirical oh, yeah. edge of everything. Because it, 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 it sounds like if that happened, it would be quite perfect for the time we're living in right now. Yeah. Where, yeah. I mean, that's just happening so often. Oh, Who wrote the absolutely. Book for Scottsboro Boys. I think a David Thompson. Maybe I mean, like a guy like him. I think he'd be able to kind of find a way into yeah. it. Yeah. Because it is a good story. I th yeah, I think it's a really interesting story, mm -hmm. and I, I think it's it, when if it's done right, it's it's yeah. funny. When we mm -hmm. did it at uh, Fifty Four, we streamlined. Uh, what was done originally mm -hmm. and some elements of uh, what was done on Broadway. And okay. I think what we, I know what we came up with, Charles was incredibly happy with. Mm -hmm. But I just I don't think it's going to be a show that ever gets licensed no. because you would actually need somebody who like has the time to dedicate to to fixing it. But like yeah. I said, the score, I think, is lovely Great. and it's available on YouTube for people to take a listen awesome. to. That's yeah. Exciting. Yeah. <laughs> That's mine. <laughs> Yay. Thank you. Thank You're you. Welcome. Thank you. Thank you. Um, do you want to go next, Pamela? You go for it. And okay. while you're going, I'm going to open up my iPad okay. and get everything ready. <laughs> okay, so mine is going to be the show Heathen with an exclamation mark <laughs> point. I, um, I first heard about this show with Bruce, oh. actually, because he, he told the story of how he, Bruce Yeko was on our podcast and he was also on Behind the Curtain. And he told the story of like him rushing back to like try to see the show, and that that was just that was hilarious. So he he actually got to see the one performance um, before the show closed. And if you want to listen to that whole story, it is on our episode. Um, so he then was a musical written by Eaton Bob Magoon Jr. Uh, <laughs> that's a name. Yeah, isn't so it? I, I've never heard of this show. You haven't heard of Eden? No, no. This is all going to be new to me. Yeah, yeah. yeah okay. Oh, uh, so and it's not even Magoon's first show on Broadway. It's the second show on Broadway. His first was Thirteen Daughters, which ran on Broadway for twenty-eight performances, um, which is obviously more than he then. And Don Amici <laughs> was the star in Thirteen Daughters. Yes, he was. Yes, good old Don Amici. <laughs> <laughs> Heathen was written in 1968 under the title Thank God for the Heathen. <laughs> <laughs> Why do they think that they need such a long title for I don't these know. shows? I don't know. I don't know. It premiered at a college in Honolulu called, I'm sorry, anyone who's from Hawaii, I may butcher this, Punahou School. <laughs> so it's spelled P-U-N-A-H-O-U. So out of town yeah. was in Hawaii. Yes. That's really out of town. Yeah, yeah. Because that's where Eaton is from. Oh, okay. Yeah, so Eaton is from Hawaii. So so Heathen, um, well, I'll get into I'll get into the story, but yes, I mean don't it's based her. I'm sorry, no, I have so many questions. <laughs> it's 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 um it's born out of his culture, this story. Okay. So um after like Moana. <laughs> oh. Yes. Well if if this were good, because <laughs> Moana is wonderful. It's I so love good. that movie. Me too. Um, after its premiere at the Punahou School, uh, Magoon asked Sir Robert Heltman, a beloved Australian dancer, choreographer, actor, and director, to help him with the book. Heltman is famous for being the child catcher in the film version of Chitty Chitty Bang Bang. Oh. oh. Yes. Mm-hmm. 
<laughs> Magoon's family was one of the richest families in Hawaii, and it was through their financing that he was able to bring Heathen and 13 Daughters to Broadway. He also enlisted the help of producers Leonard J. Goldberg and Ken Gaston. And I looked up their other credits, and those didn't go so well either. <laughs> What, what else did they do? Um, oh gosh, I would have to go back and look because now I can't remember. But but nothing big. Nothing, no, okay. no. I mean, they 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 produced everything else. They produced was together. They both did it. But I mean, it would be either one night or last a month. <laughs> oh. Okay. Well, a month okay. is pretty good. <laughs> I mean, if you're looking at that aura, one night only. Yeah, yeah. I guess that's true. So, the heathen synopsis is Reverend Jonathan Beacon attempts to bring Christianity to Hawaii in 1819. While doing his missionary work, he butts heads with Chieftain, I'm sorry, Mano, Manolo, Manolai. It's pretty, it's pretty phonetic. Is it? I Ma- feel like. Manolula. Yeah. Okay. Okay. <laughs> Um, they butted heads because Reverend Beacon did not honor their culture as he saw their state of dress as immodest. Oh. And that a sign of holiness was to wear more clothing. So that's oh like my. basically what it came down to. He was like trying to completely change them. Yeah, and don't their worry culture. about the Bible. Don't worry about yeah. Jesus Christ. Just put on a shirt. Put on some clothes. <laughs> I don't, this is not okay. Was um, that a musical number? <laughs> I'll tell you that I'll tell you what the the musical numbers are. They are okay. So <laughs> the musical vacillated between 1819 Hawaii and 1972 Hawaii. In the 1972 timing, the characters play their descendants. Right. So you have um, Reverend Beacon and Chieftain Manoula. Mm-hmm. Right. Okay. I'm gonna say yes. <laughs> um, and the woman they're both in love with. Kalialani. Kalialani. Okay. That sounds right. Okay. Yeah. Um, and so. Kalima. Has anyone watched what is that? Indiana Jones? Oh, it's been oh, a yes. minute. Yes. Like a few minutes it's been. Very good. Thank Very you. good, Pamela. Thank you. In the 1972 version, Reverend Beacon is a hippie. Uh, Ma- Man- oh, Mano Ula is named Mano, and he lives on the mainland, and both men are still vying for the affections of Kalialani, whose name is Kalia. Okay. Mm. So it's like, yeah. Mm. Um, <laughs> he then began previews on May 13, 1972, um, and it opened on May 21, 1972, to unanimously bad reviews. I mean, one person said that he then was our punishment. <laughs> what (laughs) like he didn't know what he literally said he's like we've done something wrong that's what that's what the review said the review said we've done something wrong and this is our punishment can you imagine if a charles (laughs) (laughs) i mean that was probably the most scathing thing i that we've ever read that's your pull quote (laughs) (laughs) that's what's on top of all the taxis oh holy geez um uh and it it Closed on May twenty first, nineteen seventy two. So it opened and closed oh. the same night. Mm-hmm. The cast, the the cast uh, for this was Yolande Bavan. She played um, Kalia Kalialani as well. <laughs> same person. Um, and then uh, Mo, I'm sorry, Mo Kihana. Sure. Um, played Alika. Now Alika was sort of like a narrator type person. She 
Okay, so they tried to rewrite the book to try to like fix it, and they it, it's out there now. Oh. It's out there, and it's being done. It was done oh. in New Zealand and Hawaii. Wow! Uh, under How this new recent? title, who's doing this? <laughs> it, New Zealand and Hawaii, they're doing it. And Guantanamo Bay. Those are the two <laughs> uh, no, no, they it's took a, torture out of. They Guantanamo took torture. Bay. Out of it. <laughs> They were fine with waterboarding, yeah. but when it got to heathen, yeah, heathen they were like, like mm, that's no. where we have hey, to draw hey, lines. Guys. Humane. Hey. Humane. <laughs> <laughs> UN got involved. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchases, overprohibited by law, 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Holy mackerel. Um, and so I'll just skip to in, in the quote unquote, they call it a revival. In the rewrites, Alika, so there's a, a volcano. Um, and she is able to like talk to this vo- volcano. And when the volcano wants to erupt, she's able to give it a good talking to <laughs> and get it to stop erupting. Oh dear! What? I've never Sounds heard like of a this really show. bad children's show. <laughs> so I have to. Is this like a joke? No, like, like we, I have to guess which one of these is like no, the real musical and which no, one isn't. No, it, it's real. Rob. This is real. Okay. <laughs> You're. Pro- I, I hate to interrupt. Is there going to be? A, is there a recording of it? Um. Yes. Oh. Be, it, there's a. Re- <laughs> We are gobsmacked yes, over here. Yes. Okay. So, um, let me just finish. Yes, I want to finish the people who are in it. I do it all the time. I do it all the time to her. I'm just gonna wait. <laughs> um, Edward Rambo played Mano, and then Russ Thacker played Reverend Jonathan Beaker. Uh, Christopher Barrett played policeman and church elder. And sadly, like um, one of the things I read about Russ Thacker is he was never really in a show that was successful. Yeah, mm. he did a lot of theater, but it was just like every yeah. single time he did one, it just wasn't. And and um, by all accounts, I mean he was quite talented. So it's like just like really sad, yeah. sad, sad story. The creative team orchestrations were by Larry Fallon. Um, it was directed by Lucia Victor. Choreography was Sammy Bays. Scenic design, Jack Brown, and costume design, Bruce Harrow. What were you going to say? No, Lucia Victor, I think, was Gower Champion's assistant yeah. and used to remount all the Hello Dolly. So that was a name. Oh, wow. This yeah. is so yeah. interesting to me. Yeah. It, and what year was it? 72? No. Yep. Yep. That's 72. right. 1972. Yeah. Listen to these stories. That's actually part of the fun is finding these little treasure, you know, like little little Easter eggs. I yeah, <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, oh, wait. I know that name. Wait. How do I know that name? Yeah. Heathen, okay. Heathen, heathen with an exclamation point. But you said it, it, there, there's a recording out there. <laughs> yes. So um, a few years after it closed on Broadway, Heathen went through a number of rewrites. Cy Col- Coleman was brought in to do some new arrangements. Wow. And the show was renamed <laughs> Aloha, the spectacular new musical. <laughs> I can't believe I'm dumbfounding Rob Schneider. This I is the best. Ne- kind of I've never heard this show. <laughs> Heathen or Aloha. Aloha, the, the spectacular, spectacular new, new musical. musical. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> um, nine songs from Heathen were kept, and these include My Sweet Tomorrow, Heathen, exclamation point. This is Someone I Could Love, No Way in Hell, House of Grass, Christianity, Better More Go Easy, Eighth Day, and Aloha, Lord. Huh. I- <laughs> 
five new songs were written, and those are called Suffer, Sometimes It Rains, Fire and Brimstone, I Hear Hawaii, Glory Be, Lay of the Memories. Okay. If Jen Tepper is listening, Jen, do you know this show? <laughs> she has to. Jen, it, yeah. Yeah, Jen's got to know. She's a trove of knowledge. Jen, <laughs> help me, Jen. I don't know this one. I know. I had never heard of it either. Um, the story kept all the characters in 1819. Instead of moving them, vacillating between like 1819 and I feel like, like whenever that. you do that in a musical, it changed, you know, dates or like, yeah. you know, go from contemporary to past. It's like it just never works. The audience is confused. Yeah. The, the show is muddled. Just don't do it. And that that was a big complaint mm-hmm. by a lot of critics was they just felt like it was confusing. The book was very confusing. Yeah. I think the only time it worked, and here's a Cy Coleman reference, was City of Angels. But that was only because they made it so perfectly clear that yeah. the film noir is black and white and everything else is in color. Right. So it was a very definitive difference. Mm. Right, right. Yeah, you have to be, you have to be very, um, you know, sharp, very clear when mm-hmm. you're doing it on the stage. The show was produced in New Zealand and Hawaii, like I said, and a cast recording was created with the members of the Aloha cast. So the Aloha, okay. like I said, the Aloha, the, second the coming spectacular the second coming. coming. <laughs> and I, I did, I did see it. So like, um, I think it was on like Amazon, probably. Uh, yeah, it did, was on Amazon to buy an album. Okay. Yeah, but you have to type in Aloha, the spectacular new musical. It wouldn't be called Heathen okay. anymore okay. if you want the cast recording. Did Bruce Yeko produce this? No. Oh, that oh would okay. Be a good, I mean, that that would make sense if he yeah. But you and Bruce but, were talking about it. Is, what, is that what? Yeah, yeah. yeah okay. So so he, he, um, he, he heard like it was coming, um, and the guy had done 13 daughters and so he heard it he heard heathen was coming he and his wife they he wanted to get a ticket they got like a last minute ticket they were like coming back from some trip or something they just got in like on that one performance night and saw it and he was like holy geez what is this thing it was not great but he he talks about it on our episode because i was like can you please tell me the heathen story again because you told it to me over the phone (laughs) and then i was like when you come on i i need you to tell it he didn't produce the cast recording, but he did get to see it. Yeah. Right. That's so interesting. He's yeah. such a cool guy. Okay, yeah. so he's well, a cool guy. Yeah. Now I know what I'm going to buy tonight. <laughs> <laughs> Unless somebody has an album I can borrow. Maybe it's in Kevin's collection. Maybe. Let's just go break into his apartment. Since yeah. Since they're, they're, they're not there and they live down the street. I he's mean, not going to know. No. Let's all tiptoe right now. <laughs> Across Astoria. So the episode I'm doing today <laughs> is Estrada. Oh, yes. I was super excited about this. But like I said, there's no information online. So I'm just going to tell you what I do know, uh, starting with the fact that it's a musical. (laughs) That helps. That helps. Uh, Lyrics and music were by Lionel Bart, Mm -hmm. uh, with additional lyrics by Martin Sharnan. Uh, And additional music was by Elliot Lawrence. It is based on a 1954 film of the same name by Federico Fellini. Bart wrote the score in 1967 and made a demo. <laughs> this is what's funny about this. It says, and made a demonstration recording. Oh. <laughs> and I went, demonstration recording? What is that? Oh, a demo. <laughs> <laughs> he made a demo of it. Although the musical was not produced until 1969, when it was famously canceled after just one night only. <laughs> <laughs> the musical's book was written by Charles K. Peck Jr., who also produced it on Broadway. So just to give you a little background on Federico Fellini, he's like this major filmmaker. Yeah. But it's like all of these kind of artsy people yeah. like him. <laughs> 
I had never really watched anything, but I had always heard his name yeah. growing up. So he was an Italian film a director and screenwriter known for a very distinct style that blends fantasy with Baroque images and earthiness. Um, he's recognized as one of being, the, you know, the greatest and most influential filmmakers of all time. Uh, he's uh, films have been ranked as some of the greatest films of all time. Uh, and in a career that spanned almost 50 years, Fellini won so many awards. He was nominated for 12 Academy Awards for La Dolce Vita. Um, it won Oscars in the category of uh, Best Foreign Language Film. And in 1993, he was awarded an honorary Oscar for Lifetime Achievement. And that actually happens to be also the year that he passed away. Mm, so, so that was crazy. one of the last kind of things mm -hmm. that he was able to really accept and appreciate before he passed. So the plot summary of La Strada is um, it's it's okay. <laughs> so the play follows the story of a film uh, of the film of the same name. Gelsomina is a young girl who is sold into uh, basically servanthood by her mother to a brutish circus strongman named Zampano. It might be Zampano, but I'm not going to say it like that. Uh, to be his assistant. So she shows her abilities as a clown and soon becomes the star of the show. She falls in love with Zampano despite his abuse of her, but tragedy strikes when she befriends Mario, a circus clown who gives her advice and friendship, and Zampano kills him in a jealous fit. Zampano eventually leaves Gelsomina, who still loves him, to die on the road. Now, I was not about to let that be the only thing that I read about this because that is just not enough story for me. <laughs> so I looked up the movie plot, which tells me slightly more. And by all accounts, the movie plot and the Broadway show plot are fairly intertwined mm -hmm. as far as being similar. So in the movie, a young woman named Rosa left her family to become the assistant of a sideshow strongman named Zampano. Upon Rosa's recent death, Zampano... <laughs> I'm just going to say it a different way each time. <laughs> Zampano returned to Rosa's family to see about making the same deal for her sister, Gelsomina. In return for 10,000 Lyre, Gelsomina's mother turns her daughter over to the circus performer and watches as the two depart the very same day. Zampano makes his living on the streets by performing acts of strength in front of crowds, such as breaking an iron chain across his expansive chest and then waiting for the tips to be placed in the hat that is passed around. Zampano's nature is that of a rather frightening brute, while Gelsomina quickly develops into the perfect partner due to her lighthearted and innocent character. She's also described as being somewhat simple mm. um, and not just innocent, but, uh, you know, mentally yeah. handicapped in yeah. a way. Um, ultimately, he teaches her to how to incorporate, uh, incorporate a snare drum and a trumpet into the act, which mm. requires her to dance a little and also clown a little. Gelsomina is a trusting, naive soul, but she genuinely enjoys performing for the crowds and interacting with Sampano. Nevertheless, the brute nature of the strongman is one that always resorts to intimidation and even frightening coercion to keep Gelsomina under his thumb. At one, uh, at one point, he leaves her stranded in the street as he enjoys a tryst with another woman, and later he uses a switch from a tree to whip her as a punishment for getting her lines wrong. Oh, dear. Yes. Such tactics prove to have the opposite effect of those intended. Surprising. Surprise, surprise. Um, <laughs> as, Gelsomina, uh, as Zampano's constant displays of cruelty finally result in a rebellion by Gelsomina and the decision for her to leave the act. The decision puts her on the road, with, uh, which leads to a town and ultimately to Il Mato, uh, which I believe means the fool, at least in one of the versions that I read it did, uh, who is a high-wire clown. 
Zampano, Zampano, uh, tracks her down and forces her back, and they soon join a traveling circus that just so happens to employ the fool. For reasons he is not fully conscious of, the fool cannot seem to stop ta from taunting Zampano for his demonstrations of mindlessness. Uh, finally, having enough after being soaked with water from a pail that fool throws at him, Zampano reaches for his knife and chases after the clown. Zampano is temporarily jailed, but they are both fired from the circus. And I imagine that this might be the act break. Uh, when the strongman is freed from jail, the fool politely suggests to Gelsomina that perhaps she has other options. Maybe you shouldn't be with this jerk that beats you. He imparts his own personal philosophy, Just which maybe. I know, right? Um, that suggests that everything on earth, people, animals, and even inanimate objects exists for a specific and particular purpose. In a telling moment, a nun draws a comparison between her own purpose in serving God and Gelsomina's purpose with mm -hmm. Zampano. She goes to the strongman with a proposal of marriage, but is rejected. The strongman and the clown come to one final confrontation when the fool is addressing a flat tire by the side of the road. Gelsomina is aghast at the sight of Zampanos, violently striking the fool over the head over and over again. The clown's last moment of lucidity is to observe that his watch is broken, and then he slumps over as mortality takes leave. Zampano has no choice but to push the car off the road where it finally stops in a fiery crash after he has concealed the clown's body. The murder of the fool has also resulted in the murder of the lively spirit which made Gelsomina so popular with crowds. After ten days pass without any life coming back into her eyes, Zampano leaves her for good when she takes one of her naps. He leaves her behind with only clothing, the trumpet, and a little money. Years afterwards, Zampano is struck by the sound of a woman singing the song that Gelsomina liked to play. It turns out that the woman's father discovered Gelsomina on a beach one day and out of pity for her looks and manner, took her in, cared for her, but nevertheless she died soon afterward. A drunk Zampano leaves the woman and heads toward the beach where he finally begins to cry. Okay. That's so that's artsy. the cinematic. Yes. <laughs> that's it's, very, artsy. it's very Fellini-esque. <laughs> yes. <laughs> That is real artsy. Yes. Mm -hmm. So the characters and the original cast were uh, Bernadette Peters as oh. Gelsomina. And this was Bernie. one of the first Her things week that Hello she had Dolly. ever done. I believe it was the first Broadway show that she had ever done. Mm. And if this show had been a success, her career would have started so much faster. But we also can't really say that because maybe it would have dwindled and died. Right. <laughs> You just never know just in this know. business. You just don't know. <laughs> Zampano was played by Stephen Perlman. The mother was Anne Higira. Mario was played by Larry Kurt. Elsa by Lisa Bellerin. Ava by Marianne Robbins. Sophia by Susan Geppinger. I don't know if that's pronounced right. And Castra by uh, Lucille Patton. So... Lionel Barton and Chris Curtis produced a concept album of the proposed show in 1967, as I mentioned earlier. That was the demonstration recording um, with Madeline Bell as Gelsomina. The musical had out-of-town tryouts at the Fisher Theater in Detroit, Michigan, starting on October 27th in 1969. And La Strada opened on December 14th, 1969 at the Lundfontan Theater, which I think you probably musical, musical did yeah. as well. Uh, La Strada, blah, blah, blah. Okay, so, and it was after 14 previews, but such is the name of the game here. Today, it only lasted one performance. Mm -hmm. The show was directed by Alan Schneider with choreography by Alvin Ailey oh, wow. and Joyce Trisler. I know. Wow. Uh, uh. It closed the same night, losing 
$650,000. What is that in today's money? I know. I knew you were going to ask, so I looked it up. $4.5 million. For one night. One night. And it's, I mean, that really is astounding to me. So in discussing Lestrada's problem, Stephen Suskin, uh, in the book that we have, what's yes. the other book called? Uh, Second Act Trouble. That's right. That's a good one. Yeah. It is a good one. Wrote that Bart apparently did not go to the United States to assist during rehearsals. And neither did the director nor the choreographers had previously done a Broadway musical. Bernadette Peters confirmed that Bart never worked on the show in New York. The script, She says the script really wasn't ready and Lionel Bart was never. Wait, let me try to do it. The script really wasn't ready, and <laughs> Lionel Bart was never coming up. I'm really terrible. That was good. I thought that was <laughs> a good impression. Good. Thanks. Don't stop. I know, right? <laughs> um, Lionel Bart was never coming over. Marty Sharnan and his partner at the time, Lawrence, had to rewrite it. Mm-hmm. So now I'm going to switch over to Ken Mandelbaum's Not Since Carrie <laughs> and just read all of the words that he wrote. <laughs> so let's see. Okay. So in terms of musical theater, the only major name Lestrada uh, boasted was its composer-lyricist Lionel Bart, whose Oliver had been a big success on Broadway and who had several other distinguished London musicals called Blitz and Maggie May, to mm-hmm. his credit, uh, by the time of Lestrada. Mm-hmm. But Bart was also beset by personal demons, and after one big London flop called Twang! Exclamation point, exclamation point, oh, dear. in True. 1965, <laughs> he was never to be the same. Lestrada followed the film's screenplay quite closely. Zampano, who travels through southern Italy with his strongman act, buys the simple-minded Gelsomina as his latest concubine slash assistant. Her cloning makes her the star of the act. She falls in love with Zampano, but he treats her terribly, then meets the fool, and he tries to change her mind, and then he's killed, and we all know that story. During the tryout, the musical Zampano, Vincent Beck, was replaced by Stephen Perlman, who opened it on Broadway. In a far more extreme move, however, Bart's score was gradually removed until on opening night. Only three of his songs remained. Crazy. I know. The program carried a singular insert. At this performance, additional music and lyrics by Martin Sharnan and Elliot Lawrence, which is why they're listed first instead of... Oh, no, I guess Lionel Bart was listed first in the when I first read that, but that's why they're listed as well. Hmm. In fact, Sharnan and Lawrence had written an entirely new score, although Sharnan took no credit in the program proper, and Lawrence, a musical director and orchestrator, was credited in the back of the program as orchestra personnel supervisor. Lestrada seemed to have abandoned all hope by the time of its Broadway opening, so the negative reviews and one-night run were not a surprise when it lost the $650,000. Lestrada suffered even more acutely from the problem built into The Yearling because it followed a relentlessly bleak, tragic screenplay. It emerged as one of the most depressing musicals ever. What it lacked was the beauty, compassion, and poetry that Fellini was able to impart to the brutal, unpleasant story. I agree with that completely. That's like what he's so known for. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That it's dark and it's horrible and it's but it's real life. And so even even in the darkest of real life, there's beauty. Yeah. Yeah. And there is so much beauty in the story to find. You just didn't translate it to the stage. Mm. The only hope for the musical Estrada would have been in an opera house. And actually, I'm going to agree with Ken on that. It is such a tragic story that if you had put it to an operatic score, Mm. I think it would have just been, it would have been brilliant. And it could still actually be really brilliant if they did that. Mm So I don't know who's listening, but... (laughs) Make it an opera. (laughs) Make it an opera. 
Bernadette Peters, in her first Broadway lead, mm. did not let the show down. If Lestrada had worked, Peters might not have had to wait a few more years before becoming a top-level musician or musical theater star. The score was not bad, particularly Peters' haunting opening Seagull Starfish Pebble, written by Lawrence and Sharnan, but sounding uncannily like Bart, and sooner or later, for the unlucky Larry Kurt as Mario. They made, um, oh, it might be in here. I tend to do this, too, when I'm reading the story, and I'll, I'll interject something, and then I'll read it again, Good. because I forgot. Good. <laughs> um, but there is, uh, someone made... Um, a, a correlation between uh, Oliver and some of the music then that Martin Sharnan and Lawrence put into the music sounding hmm. it sounded seamless they said um, to you know to any any one of Lionel Bart's songs anyone would have thought that oh that very well could have been the celebrated 1930 German film The Blue Angel oh wait oh I think that's it that's, that's it. it okay so never mind I didn't repeat myself <laughs> so it, it very well could have been in what in Oliver in Oliver or in any of Lionel Bart's other shows yeah, exactly okay. any of his retinue of, of songs mm. uh, although bootleg bootleg recordings of the score are known to exist no original cast album mm. was commercially released which is very sad to me Two, two songs from the show were later included on an EP titled Martin Sharnan's mini album, colon, Five Great Songs from Not So Great Shows, which I believe yeah, Bruce was Bruce that. Yacko. Oh, that's yeah. funny. And that was in 1976. One of these songs, sooner or later, was performed by Larry Kurt, who had been an original cast member. And also then a recording of Starfish uh, was, re was performed by Judy Kuhn, mm -hmm. who I love as well. Mm -hmm. uh, and it was included in an anthology called Unsung Musicals. In 1994, mm. that is all I got. Wow! I couldn't find any more, but it's such. I mean, like the the stuff that I was able to find is really kind of incredible. The the bootleg material that yeah. they're talking about. You'll. It's just audio of Bernadette Peters singing mm. these haunting melodies. But there's one song in particular, and I can't remember what the title of it is right now. <laughs> but it was Bruce Yeko that gave me the idea. He mm. said that in this particular show. It is the as long as he needs me of the show. Yeah. And yeah. I cannot find it anywhere. And I've actually, my vocal coach, Jason Wetzel, I was like, Jason, you got to help me find this. <laughs> so maybe if you can, I'll find the title Michael, and let you know. Michael Levine. Go to Michael Levine. You know what? We were talking about that. Yeah. I guess I, yeah. That, I'm not sure why. I Michael's didn't. got everything. He does. <laughs> He's got, he doesn't even, all he has to be like is, oh, I think that someone's looking for this piece of music. I'm just going to mail this yeah. off. Michael, help. Yeah. Okay, Michael <laughs> Levine. I'm going to knock on your door, Michael. <laughs> I'm a coming for you, Michael. Because I really want it in my audition book. Great. I do. Yeah, he wow. did say that. It was the, as long as he needs yeah. me of that show. Wow. But it's a song that, you know, nobody has, so nobody knows. And so, yeah. Be fresh in the audition room. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> I think Fellini... There have been four attempts to musicalize his films. What other shows? The, uh, well, A Sweet Charity oh, is, yeah, is, of course, is of based course. on Knights of Kiberia. Mm -hmm. And then there was this one, yes. which mm -hmm. didn't go anywhere. Mm -hmm. um, and then there was um, there's a wonderful film of his that I really like called Juliet of the Spirits. Yes. Um, and Carolyn Lee was working on a, a version of that, and then she passed, so that oh. never went anywhere. But if you can get your hands on the demo, it's, like, gorgeous. Okay. Oh. Is um, it called Juliet yeah, of the Spirits? Uh, and, uh, I think it might just be called Juliet. Juliet? Okay. Yeah. Okay. Um, and then uh, Nine, 
which is oh. based on eight and a half. Oh, yeah, yeah. of yeah. course. So those are the the four that I can think of. Only yeah. you know one of them did not make it, but three yeah. did. So and nine and Sweet Charity were huge successes. Yeah. Very. And this one. Not so much. Mm-hmm. Well, I think I don't because I think that they changed it just enough for the stage. Yeah. That it could make sense. Yeah. And maybe in this version they just didn't change enough. Mm. Mm. Or they changed too much. No, it's I think they just line. didn't change it enough. It's yeah, it is. It's such. I mean, Fellini is visual. It's yeah. It's very mm-hmm. visual. It's cinematic. And so in '69, you know, we didn't have the capabilities that we do now with lighting and t- and no. tech. Uh, so it's and and. It was it Bob Fosse did Charity and Tommy mm-hmm. Toon did Nine? Yeah. And those are two people that are so visual. Right. Very so much. So they created their own their visual vocabulary. So yeah, but I think Alvin Ailey is also very visual. Yeah, but if it was Martin directing it, yeah, yeah, then it's probably him setting the tone of what okay. the whole evening is going to be. Sense. I'm guess I'm just guessing. Yeah. And Martin to me feels, I think Martin's greatest work is things like Annie, mm-hmm. where it's steeped in a realism. There's a musical, yeah. but there's still a realism Definitely. there, and I think that's where Martin. Blossoms. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I will agree with that. Just guessing. There you go. <laughs> Just guessing. I wasn't there. No, you're so right. That's it. It's wrote now. Yeah. <laughs> it's done. Done. That's the true story. <laughs> Next topic. Hit the gavel. Move on. So oh. you're you're the last show. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Okay. If you want to, otherwise we can just chew the fat more. No, I'll go. I'll go fast on this one. Um, okay, so this is this is a musical that ran one night, but I think it's a great musical that we need to reexamine at mm. some point because I think it's so funny and nobody ever does it. Okay. Um, so it has a very interesting history. It played one night on May third, nineteen eighty one, and the show is called the Mooney Shapiro Songbook. Yes. Yes, this was on the list. Was it, was. it on the list yeah, too? It was yeah. On the list. It's, mm-hmm. Yeah. I want to hear all about <laughs> yeah, it though. Okay, so I I just think this show is hysterical and I think it was a little ahead of its time. Mm-hmm. Um and I think if it was done now it probably like if it was in like in a tiny little off Broadway theater yeah. or at um Lori Beachman or somewhere, I yeah. think it would really blossom. So the Mooney Shapiro songbook was written by a guy named Monty Norman and a guy named Julian Moore. Um and it played in London in nineteen seventy nine and it was such a hit in London it won the Olivier Award for Best Musical. Nice. Wow. Um How Prince saw it in London and loved it and told everybody about it um, and literally dragged all of his when it when it decided it was going to come to New York dragged all of his friends to like every single preview and he was like isn't this amazing and every single friend was like what what is this like what Didn't is understand. this like, like who are what? are like, you ta- are you really, really? talented really how <laughs> really so the Mooney Shapiro's yeah. songbook is about a fictional man who never existed, a composer and lyricist and actor named Mooney Shapiro. And what the musical was, it was a parody of all those bio musicals yeah. Yeah. that were out in the 70s. So things <laughs> like it was making fun of Side by Side by Sondheim yeah. and Ain't Misbehavin' and like that Frank Lesser review. Because there were all these reviews celebrating yeah. these composers. Yeah. So these Nor- Norman, and Monty, and Julian created a fictional person and you follow his biography (laughs) and it was a group of like five singers like in tuxedos and evening gowns um, who would would, like tell the story of who this man was and then sing songs from his repertoire Um, and then they would then there was there's an actor who's still around who's amazing named Timothy Jerome who actually played Mooney Shapiro (laughs) and you would see him like in scenes and stuff and they did 
a lot of like Forrest Gump things where like they imposed his head on like other people's photos and stuff. And how Prince loved it so much that he recorded a voiceover at the beginning of the show saying, hi, I'm Hal Prince. And one of the greatest regrets of musical theater is that Mooney Shapiro never really made it. So he created like this. So so even Hal Prince is like in on the joke and he loved it. Um, The the original cast to me is amazing because it was uh, uh, Timothy Jerome, like I just Mm -hmm. mentioned, Gary Beach, Oh, uh, from the producers, yeah. um, Judy Kay, two-time oh, Tony Award winner, wow. the great Judy Kay, um, and is, is that right? Did I get that right? Did oh yeah, and then of course, surprise, Jeff Goldblum. Oh, Jeff Goldblum it's like was a little. Yeah, Jeff Goldblum did a couple of musicals. The... Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, directed and choreographed by George Faison, who got fired from a Broadway yes! musical. So George is back now. Amazing. Uh, so George. the show only ran one night. I think what happened was critics at the time and audiences at the time were really enjoying these biopic musicals. Yeah. Because they hadn't had them before. Mm-hmm. So they were enjoying the Sondheim and they were enjoying the Cole Porter and the Gershwin. And sure. the, you know, now we're sick of them. And now we're sick of them. So now I think... <laughs> now I think They it's, were just it's, a little too late. Yeah, in a world of like that and like those jukebox musicals yeah. and stuff. Yeah. I think... So the... The music is very funny. The mm-hmm. book is very clever. Um, it's licensed through Samuel French. So, okay. if, like, you're a community theater and you're looking for something fun to do. Take a look at the Mooney That's Shapiro songbook. Fun. And I hope it comes back at some point because I yeah. think it's, it's really a lot yeah. of fun. It's really relevant because, like, that's all we're doing. <laughs> right? Yeah. Like, we're just doing so many reviews and so many jukebox musicals. Yeah, so this this would so fit cute. perfectly. Yeah. Fit yeah. perfectly. So I'm hoping that that'll come back at some point. Yeah. The other three that we mentioned today, I don't know if that's gonna yeah. we're gonna see. No. I can't imagine that we're gonna see what we're not gonna Aloha, see a musical celebration. <laughs> Aloha, the spectacular that's new it. musical. That's it. <laughs> well, I mean, all you really have to do is name your musical whatever it is, colon, a spectacular new musical. Yeah. And people will, and people you know, will either come or not come. Well, it's yeah. spectacular. Yeah. We should go see that. Yeah. So that, those those were mine. So I'm doing I'm doing Mooney Shapiro on behalf of Kevin, who was supposed to be here. So that's it. I've done two. So oh, Mooney Shapiro. Yeah. That yeah. I, that would be a fun like off center like something. I think so. Yeah. Well, even yeah. like what was the theater that Cagney played at? The West. Oh, West, yeah. West. Yeah. Yes, yes, yes. Like mm-hmm. a theater like that that's yeah. just small enough but also big enough. It needs, yeah. yeah, I think it needs to be like in a tiny space. Mm-hmm. It re- yeah. When it was with, on Broadway. With a... Yeah, a proscenium. Pr- 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 yeah. I was yeah. like, what am I talking about? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> no. We knew what podcast. you meant. I know. They, they hitting, have no idea. We're hitting the magic she's, hour where no. I'm almost asleep. No, no, I get it. I totally get it. Yeah, I think it played the Morosco Theater originally. But that's big. I think any Broadway house. There are some shows that just should stay off Broadway. Yeah. Because they, they work effectively. We've talked that. about yeah. a lot of shows that yeah. um, Bloody Bloody Andrew Jackson was yeah. one of the ones that yeah. I can think of right now. Title of show, title of show, absolutely. disaster. Because there are so many of them that are so good, and they're so good in their off Broadway yes. theaters. And as yeah. soon as they make the jump, it's so difficult feels to weird. recoup that. Well, it feels weird, but also, you know, you could be having the same number of people come to see your show, but the house is double the size. Yeah. So you're just not going to be able to get it back. No, 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 no. And there's some that I'm happy like never came to Broadway because they <laughs> they could. I mean, the Fantastics easily yeah. could have been yeah. like, "Hey guys, we're the biggest tourist trap in town. Yeah, we're moving into a Broadway." They never did it. I'm glad mm. they didn't. Yeah, either. yeah. I mean, and it's done like high school. I mean, it's done everywhere too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that's, that's one a, that everybody yeah. would know. I think that's important. I think mm-hmm. I think it's good to celebrate intimate spaces as yeah. well. And there's not always the pressure to there's to move into a large a place. house. Well, in, in we're in this area era of corporate 
corporate theater, which everyone thinks of of being enormous and larger than life yeah. and spectacular. I mean, yeah. that's the word that's put to a lot of these new musicals. Yeah. And it just doesn't have to be that way. No. I, but I also hear from some producers that even though they know that a show should stay off Broadway, mm -hmm. the reason that they move it to Broadway is then that way when they license it, the licensing company can say direct from Broadway. Okay. Even they mm -hmm. they know they know that it's going to lose money on Broadway, but they know it's going to make a lot of money yeah. mm -hmm. um, I, in their in their regional okay. community theater. I'll life. give them that. I mean, my, my preference is the artistic side more than the yeah, financial yeah, side, but <laughs> I'm also not investing any money, so I, right. I got no say at this point. Yeah. <laughs> Well, thanks for having me. Oh my gosh, thank you for coming. So, um, this was such a such a blast, and I'm yeah. I'm so, so I hope it was worth the eight month wait. <laughs> Was. Um, Absolutely. No, you both do such a great job, and what you do is absolutely <laughs> incredible. So, like, what's next for both of you? We will be recording an episode of yeah. Spider-Man Turn Off the Dark, where we both talk <gasps> about that show. It'll be very good. Great. I, w I wonder if we might have to talk about it if we're actually going to put it for this season, though, because we haven't I had time to read next, the book. You know, honestly, at this point, I'm thinking that maybe Pretty Bell should be the last one of the yeah. season, and then this should be our next season yeah. opener. Oh and, like, my by gosh. season, I think we've done three seasons this year. That's so. that that's amazing. Like, yeah, yeah. Oh, I'm, I'm the I'm the start of the season. That's amazing. Because you can only go up from here. That's, I got that. No, it's our that. springboard. Oh, yeah. it's a oh, it's a spring. Okay, spring, yeah. I like that. All right, I'm gonna go. It's that our way. exercise trampoline, yeah. if you will. Oh, I like that. What about you guys? Who are you um, interviewing next? Uh, let's see. I know tomorrow we post an episode, and our episode is with John Lee Beatty, okay. uh, the set designer. Mm -hmm. Nice. Um, and then this week we're interviewing. Oh boy, uh, we're interviewing. I know this because we have three on Wednesday, and I oh, got to wow. know. It. Oh, we're interviewing um, a press agent named Josh Ellis, who was David Merrick's uh, press agent. Oh, so I can't wait to listen to that episode. He should have stories. Ooh, um, Will you please ask him? Yeah. Because the whole idea, Rebecca, there was this yeah. second scandal within the scandal yeah. that yeah. happened with the press agent. Can you just get his his input on that? Absolutely, absolutely. <laughs> no, I'll, talk, I'll ask him, then I'll text you and be like, "This is what he said." We have very definite idea. My opinion on that is that if you are a press agent, you you don't get to say anything. And if you feel that way about, okay, so I'm sorry. Now, if you didn't listen to the episode of Rebecca, maybe I yeah. should explain it. So basically, Mark Thibodeau was a press agent for mm -hmm. Rebecca, but also for Phantoms, like big shows that he's yeah. he's done. Yeah. Um, he was the one that sent an anonymous email yeah. to an angel investor that would have come in at the last minute to save Rebecca, saying, don't put your money in here. It's going to fail. It's going to be awful. You should not have any part of this at all. So when they found out that it was Mark Thibodeau, then Ben Sprecher and and Rebecca LLC or whatever it is, then sued Mark Thibodeau yeah. saying it was breach of contract and also breach of trust, but also that he had no place doing that. So anyway, my opinion on it is that if your job is to maintain a, a certain level of secrecy uh, for your client, then that's what you need to do. And if you have if you have that opinion that that this should not be happening, that this is fraud, that you that it needs to be told, then you need to quit yeah. first and then tell. Yeah, I'm I'm on the second part of that because yeah. otherwise you're accepting – I mean, you're, you yes. are getting paid to mm -hmm. promote something that you know is not going to right. work. Yeah. Um, and that's – and if you don't believe in the product, Absolutely. you need to leave. And yes, you know – you, you take things because you need to pay the rent, but yeah. that's ridiculous. No, I that's mean, ridiculous. It's, it was, I, I just couldn't even, I couldn't even fathom. But also, like, he was saying that Ben Sprecher was somehow involved in the fraud that was happening, which was, just was, was not sad, the case yeah, at all. Yeah, because he just so wanted it to happen. He just was like, he was he like was, a kid. 
who saw a show he loved yeah. and yeah. wanted to do whatever he could yeah. to make it come to Broadway. Yeah, yeah that ha- I mean that, that that happens. But no, I don't I don't think the yeah. press agent has any right to no. to disseminate their opinion like that. And Absolutely. if you feel that strongly that you're preventing people from investing, then maybe you need to leave and go yeah. to the proper authorities. Absolutely. Yeah. And not just tell people on the sly. Right. Uh, but I'll ask, yeah, I'll ask Josh about that. So we have okay. Josh um, and then uh, Debbie Gravett. Um, who won the Tony Award for Jerome Robbins Broadway cool. and has had this amazing uh, concert career. She's our second guest. And then the third is an album producer named Robert Shear, um, who I think actually did a, yeah, he's yeah. done he's done a bunch of albums and stuff. Okay. Uh, but one of his big things is is getting back a lot of recordings of shows that uh, were not successful the first time yeah. or have never really been preserved entirely. Um, I know... I, I don't know if I'm trying. I want to tell you what he's working on. I don't know if it's on the record or off okay. the record. Oh, okay. The, uh, you can tell us once the mics are off. I'll tell you this: it's <laughs> it's a musical um, that has had a couple of different incarnations, and mm-hmm. he's currently working on a two CD set that would record all of the music. Oh, that's cool. Um, so that way, there's a historical record of it. Mm, two CD sets were my jam growing up. Yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> Cool. And if it only had one seat, I was yeah, like, I where's what's, the rest what's the of the point? show? What's the point? <laughs> no, so I don't, uh, yeah, I'll, I'll find out if that's public record. And if yeah. it is, I'll let, I'll tell you oh, and you can, can tell you, everybody. Can you do shuffle along? Yeah. Like, can he get. I wish. We were, we were just we're talking just about, we were talking about Lamenting about how there's along. no cast recording. Well, and this has been mentioned a lot. I mean, this is one of the big laments that we talk about every time. Mm-hmm. It's like, if they don't make it a cast recording, Yes, it might have been a flop, but there's still so ooh, sorry, hit the mic. So much information that we want to keep now. Yeah. Like shuffle 50 years wasn't, later, years later. I mean, shuffle yeah. I wouldn't necessarily call a flop like no. we don't really understand what what happened. No, I mean no. that story is Well, I mean that's amazing. that's that's going to be one that gets worked out for years yeah. and years mm. and years. But no, I mean the thing that disappoints me the most on Shuffle Along is the fact that it takes uh, at least four of the greatest African American performers that are working <laughs> in the industry, um, who, who were both, especially Brian and Audra, who are yeah. such trailblazers. Yeah. And not to have those performances recorded yes. is just a little baffling well, to me. Did they do like a Lincoln Center, like a PBS no. No. recording or no. anything? I mean, no. it's so sad which, to which me. Yeah. We were talking about yeah. beforehand, which is, you know, thank God so many shows now are getting recorded mm-hmm. and being put out there either on Broadway HD or, in, you know, yeah. um, Fathom events, I or, think. you know what? That's thank right, God Fathom. for some of the bootleggers because otherwise oh, we would not have Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely, I I never I try never to disparage a bootleg. No, I re- I really don't. Especially sometimes you won't have anything. Yeah. You're not going to have anything. And th- th- their performances were great, and it was a Savion Glover's choreography was fabulous. Yes, yes it was. And the fact that it has not been preserved in any way, shape, or form, except Ebony and I were talking beforehand. You know, I think there's this soundboard yeah, there recording, okay. and right. there was there was a discussion at one point that the soundboard recording would be released commercially wow. because apparently it, I haven't heard it, but apparently it sounds of a high quality. Let's get it done. So <laughs> the other thing I was you know, we were talking about before we went on the air is my hope is that maybe in five or ten years they do an original cast reunion, yeah. yes, and that gets recorded. That I, would be amazing. I just wish that it was filmed for future generations. Yeah. To take yeah. a look at it because yeah. it's 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 the, the show that they're talking about is such an important mm-hmm. milestone, right. and this show in our in our history is capturing some really brilliant performers oh at the top of their game. I'm and sorry, I mean, and an eight months got... pregnant doing Botmas across right? the stage. Yeah, that Shut was impressive. Face. You know, and now like Brandon Victor Dixon's been nominated <laughs> for an Emmy Award. Oh, they've all gone on to the, the people yeah, back yeah, then I'm who were you were like who are you mm-hmm. are now. Well, I mean, I well he he's probably the only one I. Well, I did know. Well, I saw um, he was in the Wild Party, I think, the the concert yes. at uh, New York City Center. Yeah. 
So I saw him there, so I knew who he was when he got in. And Joshua, I loved already. Yes. And then, of course, Audra, and, of course, Brian. <laughs> and then, of course, um, oh, gosh, help me. Who? Stinky <laughs> Boots. Oh, Billy Porter? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, this this was this was Love. a fantastic The cast was Adrian Warren. I oh, mean yeah. this cast and even was the ridiculous. Ensemble. Yeah. yeah. Even the yeah. ensemble had, had really blossomed since the show closed. Um I, I and it, it's not licensed for professional or amateur productions. Yeah. So who knows there was no tour, it never went to yeah. the West End. Um, I don't know. I don't know what what's going to happen next and un- unfortunately it might be just one of those things that lives in all of our memories. Yeah. Um <sighs> Which is a shame because we won't be able to pass well, it on to future generations. Well, we can watch the Tony episode over and over again. Which... Yeah. <laughs> no, no, no. no you can... it's so good. <laughs> yeah, and like you were saying before, Ebony, before we went on the air, the idea that the the, the last line of the show and the last yeah. moment of the show is about, you know, will you be remembered and, mm. and people fading away? And unfortunately, that's what's happening yeah. to this show. It's true. Um, and so I don't know what there is to do to counteract it. Um, but it would be good to get them all into a recording yes. session. Um, but no, un- the shuffle along is not the show that he's he's working on. I wish I wish, I it, wish was. it was. I wish it was. <laughs> we, Talk, I mean, we, say something to him. We hey, all dude. we all wish that, but I think Scott Rudin has all the rights to mm-hmm. how all that works. So we'll we'll see. But I yeah. I'm, I'm hoping that one day we'll we'll yeah. get to see it again. Especially because cool. all that work George did. Oh my, my gosh. gosh, no kidding. The years he spent. Yeah, yeah, working on that that was that was incredible. That was really incredible. And. Uh, me- the coffee table book, anything. We'll yeah, take anything. Something. We'll take. We'll take anything at this point. I know. We'll take anything yeah. at this point. Um, yeah, we actually it was really fun. I just did um, the 40th anniversary concert of UB uh, at 54 yes, last week. Yes, I saw week that with I... the original cast, which was awesome. Nice. Um, but they were telling me that UB Blake was alive when they were working on the show. Oh, so that's he used neat. to come and you know tell stories and stuff, and he told a lot of stories about. You know, shuffle along the original, not not not, not what yeah. we know, but the original shuffle along. Very cool. Um, so I'm I'm hoping that it's such a seminal moment in musical theater yeah. history that I'm hoping it, it gets. You know, there've been books on Showboat, there've been books on Oklahoma. Mm-hmm. It's also a seminal moment in Black history. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I feel like we we there's so much talk about like all of the terrible things that happened to us, and America doesn't talk enough about all that Blacks have given to mm-hmm. our country. And like this, I mean, this was huge. Like this show was so huge, and and I just feel like we need to really preserve the the wonderful gorgeous things that we have contributed to to American society and this is just like one of them and it's just upsetting to me that yeah again we you know it just gets forgotten yeah yeah so hopefully somebody out there either has enough money to get a recording yeah. going or a kickstarter a kickstarter I think I, that would be successful, actually. I, yeah, I bet if they did a Kickstarter, I mm-hmm. bet you there'd be money. I, to be honest with you, I think if you did a Kickstarter, the money will probably be raised within three days. Oh yeah. But I, I think there's there's rights issues yeah. that oh. n- that none that of us sense. are aware of. Yeah. 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 yeah so I know that the money <laughs> the money's there, but the legality might not well, be. Well, th- you would have to do it to where each of the people that gave would be producers like it would have to be set up to yeah, be yeah and they do that all the time now because mm-hmm. a lot of people do solo albums yeah um, well, and they it... also did the jesus christ superstar the female one that was a kickstarter okay yeah so it's it's doable i yeah. i think there are some legal things that sure. are preventing a lot of this from, from they, they were still in okay. litigation in december i told rob i had seen so who was in litigation was it well was it, it was the... about exactly what you said um about the whole like Blaming Audra for the closing of it, oh, yeah. and um, so there's like some lawsuits <laughs> that were going on, and 
Okay. Well, <laughs> maybe another episode for another That's time. That's a whole other episode. Yeah. Well, we, t- we brushed on it when we did the episode of, yeah. of Shuffle yeah. Along, but we didn't. I mean, it's still ongoing, so. Yeah. Crazy. Okay. Well, this Thank was you fun. so much for being yeah, here. Thank I was, you. I, I want to talk all day, but I... We'll do this again, I'm okay. sure. Okay. i got to go home and edit when, my podcast. When Kevin... we're, all, we're all very good at talking. <laughs> yes, yes, we are. And maybe next time, Kevin, you won't run to the woods. Yes. <laughs> this was so much fun. Thank you so I much for really having was. me. Hopefully I'll come Thanks back sometime. Coming. Yeah, Bye. please. You're welcome anytime. Yeah. Yay. Bye. Bye. <laughs> hey, it's Leslie Odom Jr. here on the Broadway Podcast Network to tell you about the RISE Theater Directory, a program of maestro music. RISE is a national online resource designed to connect and empower backstage and administrative and creative theater professionals from underrepresented backgrounds. If you work or aspire to work in the theater community, this can help you find your next project. And if you hire theater professionals, search the RISE Theater Directory to find your next team. Create your profile now and get more information by visiting risetheater.org. That's theater with an R-E-R-I-S-E-T-H-E-A-T-R-E.org because only together we rise. It is Ryan here and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper, a woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver? I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.